Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Welcome into another edition of Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey, investment advisor representative and the president owner at Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. Back with me to finish up the second half of our conversation on Till Debt Do Us Part, resolving financial sources of tension between couples. So we uh, we talked about the first five categories, which are kind of the biggies, I think, for a lot of couples to go through and figure out where they want these things to fall uh, when it comes to their retirement strategy. And often, you know, we don't have these conversations with each other until we sit down with a financial professional and, and then it kind of makes for interesting conversation. So it's important to really work our way through some of these things and start to share the ideas and be completely forthright with it because I think that's the other thing sometimes with spouses is we kind of have the conversations about certain things, but we also kind of dance around certain things because we just don't want to get into an argument or we're just unsure how they're going to take that information or perceive that information. So it's important to talk about these things and that's what we're going to finish up this week on the podcast. The second half, we're going to go through five more places where, uh, you know, financial decisions could cause tension between the spouses. So we'll get into that with Matt. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, Mark. I'm doing well. It is August. We're coming down to the close of summer here. And uh, that's kind of a sad thing, but we don't uh, always like to think about bringing on fall. And um, we're talking again about uh, some some potential tension areas. And um, our goal is to help you resolve those those tensions. So hopefully we'll get hit these topics and we'll get to it. And um, you guys will listen to this podcast together. Or if you um, want to send this to your yeah, spouse, share it, yeah. um, that's a great idea. Share it, text it to them. And uh, if you're getting this by a text or an email, um, chances are your spouse wants you to to, to listen to this. <laughs> take, take a listen, <laughs> let's, right. get a, let's listen and see what you think, and maybe we'll get on the same page about some ideas. So yeah. here we go. Well, you mentioned fall, right? So falls on the falls on the way in. A, a source of a source of tension in my house is the is the pumpkin spice deluge no! <laughs> that it's on, that's on. <laughs> Don't say it yet. <laughs> that's on its way. I know, right? Unless I said yeah. it too early, I guess I'm gonna get slapped <laughs> for that now. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into it then. We'll talk about. It. We'll pick it up with number six from our list of ten. Uh, we did the first five on the prior podcast. Again, you don't have to have listened to the prior one to listen to this one, but certainly some good information on there. So go check that out at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. All right, number six, emergency fund savings. How much to have in the old emergency tank, right? So uh, I know mm-hmm. I know many couples, Matt, where this is different, right? So one person's like, hey, I... I need a big number in there to feel better, you know, especially after the pandemic, right? Especially after uh, COVID and, and people being out of work and so on and so forth. So one half of the the, uh, the marriage might be like, hey, I need X number of dollars. And the other half is like, are you crazy? That's way too much money. We don't need to have that sitting there. So you want to have the, you know, you want to have that chat as well. Yeah, you do. Um, this is kind of a an interesting conversation to have because you're right. Everybody has a different um uh, comfort level, and some people, you know, the, the um, sleep at night like to number, have, right? Yeah, some people like to have ten grand in the bank, or they're not safe. They don't feel safe, and right. it's like or very 50. seldom. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of couples that retire with less than five thousand in in their savings right. or, or checking. So you got to tailor this to your personal situation. Um, a lot of it's about your own personal budget, um, and I think. Just having a budget and something that we both know what how much comes in, how much is getting spent, and where it gets spent is super important. That's a big source of tension right there. But when it comes to your emergency fund, 
I normally recommend that you have three months of your um, expenses in cash. You know, the old rule of financial planning is three to six months of your expenses right. is sufficient to have in savings. Uh, you know, if your budget's six thousand dollars a month, you know, three months of that is eighteen thousand. Um, anything more than that, probably you're not going to hit a huge emergency where you have to tap into to all of that at once. Um, but you might have a car, you know, some tires or an engine light comes on or, you you know, you might have to plan for something. Um, but in, if you keep 30 or 50 or $100,000 in cash in the bank, um, the, the other warning is, hey, we need to make our money work for us. And we can't afford to sit on too much cash, especially today's with the interest rates going up that they have in the last year. Yeah, I mean, they're um, going up, Matt, but it doesn't necessarily mean your savings account did, right? Because there's some of these banks are still, you have to kind of look for the the best short-term rates on that, right? They're not just saying, yes. oh, you've got a savings account and the interest rates are high, so we automatically bump this to 5% for, let's say. If you want yeah. 5%, you have to kind of look for it. Yeah, you do, and um, but but that's one of my conversations. When I find people have excessive amounts in, in savings, I, I'll often say, "Hey, you know, right now you can get four percent. You know, if you if even if you do a short term CD or maybe five percent if it, with an annuity or something. Um, but but you know, four percent on on a hundred thousand dollars in cash is is four thousand dollars per year. So you've got to think about are we are we putting our money all t- to the best use? Now, if yeah. you have spouses, this is definitely some place where as you mentioned, it could be a source of discomfort or, but usually I'm pretty decent at uh, addressing the reason for that. And and you probably have something that happened in your past as a reason why you feel unsafe with, unless you have a large emergency. Yeah. Setting. And you got to so, be willing to blend, right? Because to your point, if let's yep. say if you do the three month thing that you talked about, and it's 18 grand to make the you know, based on the numbers that you just gave a minute ago. Uh, but one person says, well, I can't sleep at night if we don't have 35, you know, double that or 36. Right. So, yep. and, and then you're, you're fighting over that. So you got to also be willing to compromise. Okay. Look, you know, the advisor says we need 18. You feel better having double that, how that we meet someplace in the middle. Right. So that's, it's all about compromise and conversation. It is. It's compromise and it's, you know, navigating the navigating the real fear. Where's that fear coming from? Yeah, Why? You know, and is it likely to happen again? Is are we likely to encounter that? Um we 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 did encounter that a lot with folks that came out of the depression era and stuff, you know, where they just, you know, they, they didn't even money in the bank, they kept money in cash outside the bank because banks closed back in the yeah. in, in the 20s. Keep and it 30s, in the freezer. So. There you go. Yep. My grandmother yep. did that. So all right. So that was number <laughs> number six. Number seven, charitable contributions. Okay, so this could be kind of similar to you kind of touched on it on the prior podcast with the legacy situation. Uh, whether yep. you have kids or don't have kids, either way, charitable contributions could be a source of tension. Maybe one person wants to leave money to their favorite, you know. Uh, you know, uh, animal shelter or the church, and the other person's like, "No, this is ours. I'm keeping it." You know, or whatever, right? Yeah, this is definitely something. Depending on how you were raised, um, the you know, charity. There's a great deal of different things that come into mind with this. Um, I think raising the background that I was, I was, I was raised in church. You know, I grew up there. My my dad was a minister. Um, we were taught to give. You know, we were taught that. Uh, you know, about a tithe and, and things like that. Um, a lot of folks were never taught to give. In fact, it's like, can all you get, get all you can and can all you get, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yep. and sit on the can. Yep. Um, so we got to, we got to, we got to come to a compromise here too. Um, it feels really, really good 
to give to somebody who cannot repay you. You know, I've I've experienced this multiple times and you know, I am a big giver. I like to I like I like to give to charitable situations and even folks that, you know, you just know that they if they had an extra couple hundred dollars that would just be a huge blessing for them in their life right at that point or you see the the mom struggling with the baby and you know or the couple in the grocery store who you know they can't afford all these things and so they got this really small basket of stuff and it's just like man if you just gave one time and bought their groceries for them what would that do for them but what kind of a great feeling does it give for you and it's so i think it comes down to assigning purpose for our money you know um if is your purpose for your money your security is your purpose for money uh charity is it what 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 is the purpose for your money true um, and you gotta you gotta decide that between husband and wife, and then you also have to say how how much should we give to charity, or do we want to help out the neighbor, um, um, or do we want to you know save all of our money for ourselves? You know, um, I know there's times and opportunities to help your kids, and you know with the vehicle or with uh, down payment on the house or with other things, but you have to be careful to here too because one person's desire to give can also lead you into financial uh, calamity or ruin. And, um, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with people before. They wanted to give to this child and they didn't do it for the other couple of kids that they had. And then I'm like, why do you feel this way towards the baby of the family? You know, so um, you got to be careful. <laughs> you create resentment. Yeah, sure. you, you can create resentment with the other children yeah. or or with the spouse. Or with the spouse, and, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, And so, yeah, so we want to resolve these tensions. I think coming to the same, um, talking about them, it gets us to, on the same page about them, and then we can decide yep. how much do we give, how much do we retain, and um, what maybe we have an investment that pays a certain amount, and we want to give the interest on that, but we keep the investment intact. So. Okay. All right. So that's the giving side. Let's flip the script for number eight and uh, get on the receiving end. So how do we handle inheritances so that it doesn't cause tension? Uh, a friend of mine had a family member pass and left he uh, and his, well, you know, he left it to him, but, you know, as a, as a married person, left it to him and his wife for, I think it was like 20 grand or something. And he was like, sweet. And he had this list of like toys, basically, he wanted to get. He wanted to get himself a new guitar <laughs> and he wanted to get himself, a, a you know, a motorbike and, you know, this kind of thing. He was going to get her something, and she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" <laughs> she's like, "Wait a minute, uh, we need to pay off some debt instead of buying more toys. Let's pay yep. off a couple things, right?" So again, it can lead to tension when you're inheriting some money or receiving some money if you guys don't have a plan on how, to your point, a purpose on what to the most efficient thing to do with it is. Yes, um, inheritances are also one of those things that can be really a big blessing for you. Um, I know I, my dad always said, don't expect anything and you won't be disappointed. Uh, <laughs> so, it, but it, when you do get the opportunity to have uh, a blessing like an inheritance from, from an aunt or an uncle or even your own parents, um, um, or could be a lawsuit, you know, you, you might get a lump sum of money. You got to have, uh, be careful to plan before you spend it. As you mentioned, Mark, you alluded to, if you're a bad financial manager and you get money, it's just going to make you a worse financial manager. It's more of what is already there. Yeah. If you're a good saver and investor and you get money, you're probably going to 
save and invest most of that money. Well, now let's um, be let's be fair and play a little devil's advocate. If you get a total, if you get a windfall that you weren't completely <laughs> expecting, sometimes it does just kind of feel nice to to splurge on yourself a little bit, you and your your loved ones, right? Because maybe you have been really scrimping by, but you got to oh, yeah. again, you got to have the conversations at least with each other and find that happy medium because you you. You do not want to fall down that path of, oh, we got this windfall. Let's just spend it all on junk. And then afterwards, you're kicking yourself, right? Then you're feeling bad. You feel terrible about it. So, again, yep. having that conversation, listening to the what the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other, right, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, you gotta, Absolutely. You got to listen to both That's a little bit sometimes. Yeah, you do. And and so that's that's where I think, you know, as we as we mentioned, having a conversation about what how we're going to do it. If you have debt and you get an inheritance, um, what better way to to, um, to to do is to look at this lump sum of money that you might have gotten and to say, okay, my debts are at you know nine percent or my debts are at nineteen percent. You know, right. if you've got credit right. credit cards or whatever, man, pay those suckers off and get yourself in financially free. That's a great feeling. But for sure, you've got to have a definitely have this conversation. I'm going to advise you to have this conversation with your financial advisor and your spouse. Don't just decide, um, you know, spouses can be in agreement, but they can also be in agreement and make really bad decisions together. I've, I've seen this over and over oh, yeah. again. All of a sudden and, you both want that hot tub, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Or, Hey, we might be able to, this money might be tax free. So we should use this to pay off this. And the other money that we inherited is taxable. So we might have to take it little by little. Yeah. Good and point. Uh, you, you got to look at how you inherit that money and have that conversation, please, with a financial advisor before you spend it, because it really is important. And you're probably going to get one inheritance in your lifetime. You might get lucky and get two, but um, what you do with it can set you up for success or it can really set you up for failure. Okay. All right. Number nine, insurance. So what kind of insurance do we need? Do we still need it? Right. So again, this one's mm-hmm. probably not as big of an argument point, you know, my, maybe a little contention, contention here and there. But I think once we get past the having the insurance for the traditional way of thinking we need it, Matt, for, you know, when we've got young kids still in the house, that kind of thing. Once you're talking about maybe more of a retirement status or, a, you know, let's say over 50 status, the conversation, the argument point on insurance is probably not as big, right? Do we just, how much do we need? Do we need to have it? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Insurance is, you can go broke buying insurance, but um, yeah, if you have life insurance, you, you need to do an adequate job at measuring how much you'll need and for how long will you need it. If you do a good job at investing and you set up a plan early, that life insurance is probably going to only be needed for so long. And then you basically, you have everything paid off. You're in a retirement mode. You have investments and, you know, life insurance is still a nice a nice thing to receive tax-free. It can really help a person. Um, if all your money is in qualified accounts, like a retirement 401k or an IRA, um, beware, because your spouse, when they inherit that, has to pay taxes on all of that money. Um, so life insurance can be something that you do want to hold until we finally pass away, but also there's a there's a, there are points at where we say okay we're gonna we're gonna take that risk on ourselves we can handle it if some my spouse passes away we have plenty of assets to pay for a funeral and yeah. pay for the uh, everything um, same thing with long term care insurance disability usually covers you till about age sixty five or sixty seven um, some of them have some riders that go maybe just a little bit longer than that but you know you, with your working life um, most people were retired or dead by sixty five years ago so. Those disability income policies still can provide benefit. Um, some of them have return of premium. So if you don't use them for disability, there's reasons you know to hang on to them until you retire. 
Uh, long-term care, same thing. Um, depending on the size of your nest egg, you might need it. Or if if you have enough assets and you guys decide, hey, we're gonna we're gonna not have that long-term care insurance, then maybe we can get rid of it. So the level of coverages that you have need to be reviewed. Um, the amounts that you have for insurance and the price that you pay. Also, if you have a lot of non-qualified or non-retirement assets, I normally recommend people to get a, a umbrella liability policy. Um, if you have cottage at the lake, or you have uh, vacant land, or you have some other um, some other real estate investments, you most likely are going to want to have an umbrella liability policy um, for insurance. But all these things, insurance is one of those things. I think a lot of people really don't have a good grasp on. And it's very important to meet with an insurance professional and your financial advisor, financial planner to say, how much do we need and what do we need it for? And uh, you can save a lot of money here too by reviewing. So definitely sit down and review the insurance. Again, a lot of people, I think a lot of people agree more on insurance that they they want to pay as little as they can, but definitely want to have ad- adequate coverage here. Yeah, definitely. Well, and so the final one, and you kind of touched on this a second ago by saying sit down with someone, uh, the final place where a source of contention can pop up is just financial management. Are we doing this ourselves or are we hiring someone? And many couples are split on this. You know, some say, hey, there's just a lot to do here, guy. And I don't, you know, or gal, I don't want to do this in retirement. Do you, you know, and the other person's like, nah, we can save money. Let's just do this ourselves. We don't need anybody, you know, so. <laughs> yep. Easy enough. Yeah. I've, I've run into every kind here. Um, financial management. Uh, what I, what I found is a lot of people learn as they go, they pick up this or that investment along the way based on usually advice from whoever they're listening to, but hiring a, a personal financial advisor um, a lot of people don't know what level of assets do I need in order to do that. Um, this is a, a good good question and uh, definitely something I would I would recommend that you do. Um, if you've if you've never done it, at least sit down with somebody for a free consultation to get a get a perspective on what you're how good are you doing? What does your situation look like? Do I ha- do we have any weak areas that we really need to address? Mm-hmm. Um, most most people. The earlier that you meet with an advisor, um, who's I meet with a fiduciary, don't meet with a broker or insurance salesperson. You want to meet with a true uh, independent, um, working with a registered investment advisor or a, a fiduciary capacity that where they're going to put your interest ahead of their own and they're not going to just try to sell you something, but really have a true independent look at your situation. It cannot hurt. And it always can provide you two or three steps. Even if you are a do-it-yourselfer um, and you want to pay for some advice, you know you can hire us or you can hire other advisors hourly or um, to, to do a plan for you, whether or not you do have them handle your investments. I, I think it's worth it because um, naturally that's what I do. And I, I see, and there's studies that are show, you know, if, if you have an advisor manager stuff, that'll save you. Um, it actually makes you more more money than doing it yourself because we're we're managing helping you manage the emotions of what's going on in the in the market. We're portfolio construction and building and making sure that you have the right asset categories in the in the mix. So there's a lot of good reasons to do it, but definitely do it. Hire an advisor. Hey, if if you can't figure out from the last ten things that we talked about, 
that we should be meeting with an advisor, at least it'll save you half your assets in a divorce, right? <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. That's a good point. So, so we'll we'll say we'll save you fifty percent <laughs> potentially, <laughs> right? So you, so potentially, that's a great way to wrap it up because we we, we want to make sure that we're you know we want to try to not have these sources of tension in retirement because or just in, in you know whatever walk of life we're in with our significant other because it's no fun fighting anyway, and certainly money is one of the biggest reasons that couples fight. So. 10, uh, those were 10 items that we went through as places of possible sources of tension that could pop up between couples. So doing yourself and your spouse that, just that service of talking about them, getting on the same page with each other, but then also talking about them with a financial professional to see how they can help you plan for the right retirement that you need. And that's what Matt does week in and week out. So reach out to him here on the podcast. Give him a give him a shout. Give him a jingle over at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. And don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, whatever podcasting platform you like to use. Matt, thanks for hanging out and breaking these down the last couple of weeks. Thanks, Mark, for uh, for the great conversation. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We really hope that you uh, get a lot of use and value out of these podcasts. And go ahead and share them. Share them with your spouse. Maybe sit back down, take, a, take another listen. Um, and do it together. And um, you guys can uh, develop that plan that we talked about and uh, write down some some to-dos to alleviate the stress in your finances this year. There you year. go. Yep, absolutely. And uh, we'll see you next time then. So here on Mondays with Matt, we drop a couple of these each month. So make sure you check them out again on whatever podcasting app you like or stop by GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.